You're watching Inside Automotive with Jim Fitzpatrick. Hi, everyone. Jim Fitzpatrick. Thanks so much for joining us this morning for another edition of Inside Automotive right here on the CBT Automotive Network. This Black History Month, we're celebrating the diversity that exists within our industry while also recognizing the disparities and the need to be more inclusive. We're pleased to welcome Lawrence Vaughn, who's the dealer principal of Wise Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on today's show to share his story, give us his recommendation on what the industry can do. Uh, and also, we'll talk to him a little bit about his business and how it's faring through this COVID situation uh, at his store there in Ohio. So, Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Sure. So, those uh, for those uh, people out there in the auto industry that are not as familiar with your background as we are here at the show, share with us a little bit about how you became a dealer. I've been in the business for about 16 years, and... Maybe for the last four, I've been trying to attempt to purchase my own store. Okay. Uh, it was here recently uh, that I got involved with the Miss Wedad Bradford at the Stellantis Diversity Program. And okay. she was very instrumental in getting me to this point. Sure. Wow, that's fantastic. And uh, what, what did you do uh, prior to the auto industry? I was managing a general manager of a uh, Dodge store back in Mississippi. And okay. I've had some uh, brief management opportunities uh, with other manufacturers as well. Okay, great. So you, you learned about the diversity program that, uh, that they offer and uh, just made a phone call and said, hey, count me in. I'd like to one day be a dealer. That, that's it. I, I told her, I called her and, you know, uh, she checked my qualifications and I told her what my goal was. And she said, we may have a few opportunities in the north, which for a southern boy it might not be as a smooth transition as you like, but the sure. opportunity is there if you decide. Yeah, yeah, and you got to go where the opportunity is, right? That and that's it. That, I think that's where a, a lot of dealers uh, that are attempting to become dealers fail is they try to get some close to home, uh, some close in their comfort zone, sure. uh, try to stay in a market that they're very familiar with, but. You know, sometimes you, you have to disrupt it in order to get a, a goal accomplished. Boy, that, that's so true. That's so true. As you know, there's, there's just about 265 black-owned automobile dealerships currently out of 18,000 dealers that are out there. From your perspective, and you're one that's going through this whole program and has gone through it already, what do you think needs to take place in order for us to see uh, more blacks being able to obtain uh, new car franchise dealers? I think the access to funds is going to be very instrumental in, in putting dealers in this position. Uh, I was fortunate enough to buy a smaller store, which I still had to come up with a significant amount of money. But as you look at some of the deal, deals that doesn't make it through the funnel, those are the opportunities that fall because of financial standing. And there are not a lot of banks out there that are willing to give new dealers uh, the opportunity to become a dealer because of that. And that's one of the, the things that I ran up against the wall. I started my deal in February and I was fortunate enough to close it within the same year. Some of these deals take two, sometimes three years to even close. And a lot of times the seller, uh, they, they get, when deals get stagnant, they tend to run and find someone that can close a little quicker. Right, right, right. And maybe even for a little bit more money, right? A exactly, because sometimes, yeah. 
you know, you put a deal on the table, you try to, you know, they try to help a, a buyer out uh, by trying to make it advantageous, but then doesn't matter how advantageous the deal is on paper, when the bank sees it, it's, it's, it then becomes a whole nother deal, and then the disadvantages are in play, and then next thing you know, someone finds out, well, I was selling my deal for $5 million to help somebody out, now it's I offer you eight, and I can close quick. Right. Right. That's that's pretty tough to pass up, isn't it? It is. And and that's where the, the I guess you can call it the monopoly starts to happen is that you have qualified candidates, but they're qualified as far as the manufacturer can see. But the they don't have the support when it comes to borrowing power. So do you think that that could where do you think uh, the, the hold up is? You think it's with the manufacturers and their finance arms that could say, well, we could still make that eight million dollar deal if in the event that, you know, the, the, the participant is still willing to sell the dealership, uh, you know, to us. Is that I mean, we, we, it sounds like something that could be corrected with the right kind of support out there, whether it be from the manufacturer or their finance arm or their partnerships with the banks that they uh that they've got? Well, I, it's hard to say their finance arm because they are captive, but you have to understand in 2008, that financial crisis really put a lot of pressure on the captives. But I do sure. believe if the manufacturers would step in and maybe get another finance institution to develop a relationship with and maybe participate as some part of a guarantee or some part of alleviating the liability, that make it a little bit more sweeter of a deal on paper for the financial institution to say yes. But there's so much red tape that you have to go through um, that I experienced that we are not as as close as we think with the manufacturer stepping in because it's, yeah. it's so much other red tape out there as far as, you know, your SBA lending, your SBA requirements. And those are a lot of things that I think I was fortunate enough to learn about it early in my career to prepare for it. But if you wake up and two years ago and you say you want to be a dealer, well, there are some things you should have did five years ago to put your position, put yourself in position for this year. Yeah, there's no question about it. You don't, you don't just wake up and make a phone call to Stellantis and say, OK, I, I want my dealership now. Right. I mean, it's it's uh, you've put in you've paid your dues and put in your time to get there. Exactly. And I, I think it, the best way to explain it is, you know, as we all come through high school, college, we really didn't learn about credit until after we graduated. Now, all of a sudden, we find out what credit is and now we're limited on our buying power based on how we was treated in college and high school. So and that's kind of one of the things dealers need to understand is that your, your responsibility is your credit and your borrowing power prior to becoming a dealer. Sure, for sure, for sure. Do you find a lot of support from other um, African-American dealers that are out there? Are they supportive of you and, and, uh, and maybe even from a financial standpoint? To, to, to some degree, yes, and to some degree, no. Uh, I, I reached out to a lot of different organizations, and they could point you in the right direction. But again, they do not have the relationships with the banks to, right. to help get you. Now, they can lay out a blueprint of what you need to do based on, like, I can tell them exactly what I did, and the next candidate that's available can also come look at exactly what I did, 
but that's not giving them that, that relationship or that credibility when they're trying to package a loan package up and send it off to a bank for approval. Right, right. I got you. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, and talk about your business. What uh, what does it look like today? How did you do through the pandemic? And and uh, obviously dealers right now are short uh, of inventory, but they're not short on profits. Is that pretty much the same case for you? Yeah, that that is the case, same case. Uh, simple supply and demand. Supply is low, still have the demand. So basically, customers don't have that luxury of saying. I want this truck. If you don't sell it to me, I can go to the other dealer because now that right. dealer may not have it. So okay. it's, hey, you know, this is my price on it. And yeah. if you want it, here it is. But right. you have 10 people on one truck. So it it creates a demand. But then also it, it creates a concern because now you're selling to one customer and now you're trying to find four more trucks like it because you can sell them just like that. So. It's a both good and bad. It's kind of a roller coaster. When we sell one, we're high, but when we're looking for them and can't get them, we're low. Sure, sure. If the manufacturer came to you and said, um, Lawrence, uh, you know, we'll grant you this wish, what is the perfect number of days or days supply that you'd like to have on your lot that you think that you know, you'd maximize your, your gross profit and at the same time you'd have enough vehicles there to offer to your consumers? What, what is that magic number? A general rule of thumb is usually you would like to have a 60-day supply in stock at all times. But with the current constraints and delays on, you know, inventory because, you know, you might not have parts, you might not have this. I Now I think you need to be looking at a 90 to 120-day just simply because, you know, one day you can wake up and you can build a vehicle just like you want it. But then, right, right. you know, the next month, they may run out of hitches. They may run out of tow hooks. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you may be on a two-month delay until that supplier can produce enough to go back into mass production. So right. now I think you should increase your day supply up to 90. But the problem with that is you don't know if COVID is going to hit and you increase your inventory. Now yeah, your yeah. sales start to stagger a little bit. And now you're incurring more costs on interest and floor plans. And now the car's rate of travel is a little bit longer. So it's kind of a balancing act uh, to, yeah, yeah. to do it. I, I think right now a 90-day supply would do most dealers good. That has seen a steady number of sales. But if yeah. you haven't seen that, I think you should be back to a 60-day and just be prepared to wait. Uh, but in the, on the flip side of that, we do have an increase and sold orders where customers are coming in and just ordering their vehicle and they're taking that two to three month wait. So it, it's definitely changed the market from, you know, ordering a variety to now you're ordering specifically what the customer wants and needs. Sure, sure. You've been in the industry for quite some time now and uh, have you ever seen anything like this where somebody comes in and sits down and agrees to pay sticker price for your automobile and then is willing to wait four to six weeks to get the car? No, we the car industry has now become the, the, the Walmart of the world. People walk into Walmart, they buy what they want, they don't try to negotiate, they just grab it. And now, you know, when they come to the car industry, it used to be, all right, I know you got a little wiggle room here, a little wiggle room <laughs> there. And now it's not even that because if you need a truck and, you know, I'm in a, a very high populated agriculture and here those guys have to 
you know, yeah. meet certain re restrictions of buying vehicles and things like that. So sure. it, it's been a, a different ballgame. It's you have to reprogram your sales staff to now is it's not as much about volume as it is about you know, the quality of, of the sale. Now we have to, you know, redo our process a little bit to make sure we're not being as aggressive to attract the customer, but now we have to be aggressive and let the customer know that, hey, you know, if you don't take this vehicle delivery, I can't promise you I can get another one here, you know, by the time you need it. Right, right, yeah. It, it is a very unique situation, to say the least. It's, uh, you know, the dealers that I talk to around the country, they're not so, you know, hepped up on going back to that 60, 90 day supply of vehicles because their concern is that, you know, down will come the, the gross profits and uh, people will start now negotiating again and taking thousands off. And of course, it puts more pressure on the manufacturers then to put all kinds of crazy incentives and 12,000 off pickups and, you know, you name it, it's, it seems to be out there. But uh, they, they're not, the dealers are not, not real, not, not wanting to race to get back to those times, right? No, not not at all, because, you you know, you're selling less and now you're making more. So it's right. it's one of those things where, again, it goes back to the bottom line. Your expenses are low. Your your floor plan is 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 low. And now you but you're making more money. So now dealers are seeing, you know, extremely high profit margins and it's then kind of reinvented the game. And there's going to be one dealer out there that once all this settles out, there's going to be one dealer that's going to transition back to the old system. And he's going to be out there by himself for about three months. Then everybody else is going to catch up. Yeah. And that's when, the, you know, everything is going to kind of level out and go back to normal. That's right. That's right. That's right. So talk to us about the used car and service. How do your use, what's your used car department look like? Are you able to source used cars? I know they're very tough to come by and, Dealers are having to pay, you know, almost sticker price for for them uh, what they were originally sold for two or three years ago, right? Exactly. Uh, the used car game is is more like chess. You have to be three moves ahead, and yeah. the best way to explain that market is is you're going to pay a little bit more for a car. You're going to have to hold on to it for a little yeah. bit longer than you normally would, but once you do sell it, it is worth it in the end. Yeah. So yeah. you have to change your model of a lot and I think you know you have those dealers that kind of don't bend with the test of times and yeah. they continue and that's when you pick up the cars and you source them from those dealers because they are buying them but they're still on a 45 60 day turn because wow. if it hadn't sold in two months let's get it out of here but you can't do that now because you buy a car you know in January in March, the book has gone up, you know, three, four thousand dollars and put you in a better position because, yeah, that car is now in a greater demand and you yeah. got it, a, you know, two months ago at a cheaper price. So it, it's again, it's a it's a game where you come in every morning. You have to look at it's almost like the car industry has become the stock market. You have to come in every morning, you have to check your inventory, you have to check your books, you have to see what's going up, what's going down, and you have to make those decisions. Do I do I short myself on the used cars or do I, you know, get bullish and buy more? You know, it's just that's right, right. just how it is. And then, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have some some resources and some some sources where I can buy in bulk and okay. you know, get them at a decent price. Sure, sure. And how does uh, fixed ops look for you? Fixed ops is uh, great because, you know, right now, 
people are holding on to their cars a little longer. So generally when somebody would trade, you know, you have some people that like to trade soon as their manufacturer warranty is expired. Yeah. And, but now because of the cost, they are now holding on to those cars a little longer. So now you're seeing more of a, you know, 60 and 70,000 mile maintenance uh, routine maintenance when you're getting the radiator flushes and you know you're changing out timing belts and you know a lot of different things that you don't see on the normal has become normal yeah yeah and then that's uh that seems to be typical of a lot of dealers or they're 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 reporting you know great sales and fixed stops because uh, to your point people are holding on to their cars longer they have to they can't get the new one right yeah they, they can't afford it but at the same time now it, it has created a new a new market, if if you may, uh, where some people were coming in and they didn't put any money down. They miled up the car in two years. Now that car is worth a little bit more. So now you're putting, you just have to look at it on a case by case basis. I mean, we had right. uh, someone the other day that, you know, that's exactly what they did. In 18 months, they had 50,000 miles on that car. And any other normal time, you would say they're upside down. You know, right. now, you can give them all the money and they can get out and actually start over and keep the same payment in a newer vehicle. It, it's, it, it is, but you know, that that's what this industry is. It's, it's kind of, yeah. it always wows you every 10 to 15 years. It seems like <laughs> something happens and you're like, never seen this before, but you know, you adjust and it, you become profitable. That's right. That's right. And profitability is the name of the game in this industry for sure. So well, Lawrence Vaughn, dealer principal at Wise Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the show. I know that our viewers and subscribers will get a lot out of your visit with us here today. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm glad that you guys are requesting my presence. Great. And best of luck to you. Thank you. Thanks for watching Inside Automotive with Jim Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, Pash, Kane, Lewis, Greenfield, Reed, Dawson, Lopes, Rice. The best lineup in retail automotive. CBTNews.com. Subscribe today.